What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Bringing It Back podcast. We are so honored that you're here. Our heart is to help you figure out how to navigate life well while keeping Scripture at the foundation of all that we do. We are so excited for this week. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Bringing It Back. You got your boy Jonah Sturrs here, joined by Micah Mosley. What's the deal? <laughs> so, welcome to Bringing It Back. Tonight, we will be talking about families. Anyways, before we jump into that, Micah, yeah. I have a quick little question for you. Okay. If you could be famous, would you? And then, what would you want to be famous for if you were going to be famous? I don't think I'd want to be famous. Okay, that's, so that's, that's the, the end of that. Question. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of pressure that comes along with being famous. True. And I've just heard so many stories about famous people who are so unfulfilled in life. That's true. And I think it makes it hard to live a normal life when you're famous. But if you're if you're fulfilled in your life when you're not famous, do you think that would carry over to if you became famous, you could still be fulfilled? I don't know, because I'm not famous. I think I would be. Because if you're to... not fulfilled when you're not famous, yeah. you're not going to be fulfilled by fame. Yeah, exactly. But so if I'm, you I'm are fulfilled now, right? So I don't know. I just don't think I'd want to be famous. It just seems yeah. like a headache a little bit. Yeah. But if I was going to be famous, what would I be famous for? Yeah. That's a great question. I can't sing, but I would like to say that I would be famous for doing putting out music of some kind. Nice. I'm not musical at all. Okay. Interesting. So, <laughs> no, okay. Well, that's, cool. that's a fictional question, so I can make stuff up, right? That's true. I'd want to be famous for being the best Jedi in the world, as long as we're just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I, go ahead. Yeah, I was, was going to move on from that <laughs> Jedi punchline you just threw out there. I'm going to have to edit that out. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, guys, so today we are going to be talking about your families, and I think some problems that you might have with your families. I know that my family in particular has been something over the years that I have struggled to figure out how to get along with them well. Um, I think I'm probably not the only one, especially for all of our college listeners out here, which is probably a lot of you, which no is doubt. our target audience. No doubt. We're high schoolers. Yeah. We don't have a target audience. Anybody can listen. <laughs> hey, Shirley. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you guys are going home for your breaks for an extended amount of time, and you're going to be stuck inside with your families for a good while. And oh my goodness, I'm sitting here saying all this, looking at how small your feet are, and I just can't <laughs> I can't get over it. Your feet are so small. They are average. They're proportional to my body. So what is that, like a five? No, I wear an eight. That's not an eight. That is an eight. You're lying to yourself. I'm not lying. When I wear an eight, my toe goes to the end. I promise you. <laughs> what? I can even pull off a nine, thank you very much. They're a little big, but I wear an eight. Wow, that's something else. Actually, to tell you the truth, my sneakers are nines, and my running shoes are either eights or eight and a half, because you like those to fit a little more snug. You do a lot of, a lot of running? Uh, yeah, okay. I went to Fleet Feet to get my running shoes, and they wow. fit me up real nice. Wow. And guess what they said? Oh, yeah. You put? No, they were like, that looks like it should probably be an eight and a half. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Wow. That's Making just, strides. You look tiny. But, like I said, <laughs> we're talking about family issues, and a Jeez. lot of you guys are going to have to do that. So, Jonah, what do we got to talk about with families? Um, 
Given what issues have you seen with your family? Yeah, my family definitely has issues. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's doesn't? Um, I don't know. I When I was a kid growing up, I always I loved being around my family, and we had great family traditions and great family chemistry, and we just loved being around each other. Um, and it's not necessarily that it's not like that now, but it's just different because we're all adults. And I feel like we're kind of, like we just believe different things. And even on a spiritual level, you know, several of my siblings don't follow the Lord. And so that's something that is definitely hard. And if any of you are listening to it, I love you. I love you. (laughs) Um, But I just, I I think it's hard for me to, as the youngest in my family, to feel okay being myself because I feel like I don't want to disappoint anybody who doesn't think the same way I think. Yeah. And particularly like my older sister's Sometimes it's hard for me to really express myself or be myself because they've been so influential in my life. It's like I wouldn't want to say anything to make them feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it is just the product of being the youngest and them being much older than me. Sure. Um, and so that's been something even recently I've kind of been trying to process. How do I conduct myself around them um, and be true to myself? Because, I mean, they say things around me that make me uncomfortable all the time. So, like, why can't I do the same thing? Sure. But I, I, I feel like around my family, I'm always just wanting there to not be any conflict. And so I'm just going to be as non-confrontational as possible. Um, even if it means just keeping my mouth shut when I really want to say something. Sure. You know? Yeah. I feel like we have very different perspectives family-wise. Yeah. I don't think we've ever said how old we are. How old are you, John? I'm 24. So you're 24 and you're the youngest. I'm the youngest. Yeah, and I'm <clears throat> 22 and I'm the oldest. So yeah. that's two very different dynamics yeah. that we have. But I can't necessarily relate to the older thing just because I'm the oldest. So right. No, no, and I have two little sisters. I don't have brothers at all. <laughs> you should ask them. I'm, you should ask them. Ask them about I'm sure their maybe they'll listen to this and tell me what they think. Yeah. But I think my biggest I don't want to say problem. My biggest learning curve with my family, I think, recently has been when I go home, because I you know, I go to ORU one semester left, praise God. Um, <laughs> when I go home for breaks or anything like that, I'll almost see myself like revert back to high school Micah, yeah. who was not my favorite person, super yeah. just insecure and didn't and like agree with his family a whole lot. And I think I've become frustrated sometimes and it's gotten a lot better now so I don't want my family to listen to this because I know they all do because they love me and they listen to my podcast <laughs> oh, okay. um, and think that I have anything wrong with them because this is the dumbest thing that I've seen a lot of freedmen but I think it used to frustrate me when I come home and be like yeah like I've, I've been at camp I've been like in these leadership positions and learning all these different things and I come home and I feel like like you don't understand like what I've just been through like I've been at camp for two and a half months yeah. doing this like you don't understand the growth that I've experienced but I have trouble like conveying yeah. the changes that I've experienced just because I come back and I feel like I'm just back in high school again. Yeah. And I'll almost like I just revert back to who I was four years ago. Yeah. I think that's something that I'm sure a lot of people can relate with. I felt that too, just in like th- there was a point where at you know, out of high school I was living by myself and then there was a point where I moved back in with my parents and it was definitely like <clears throat> Some of the things they would say or like how they would approach me still just kind of felt like I was um, 
completely dependent on them and that they were trying to, you know, parent me in such a way that I was just like, listen, I'm an adult, all right? Like, I've been through stuff. I've seen things. I know how to conduct myself. Um, But then I always come back to like, but they love me and they want the best for me. And so, like, why would I have any issue with that? Um, But, yeah, I definitely, like, I just want to express, like, I love my family so much. And I've always been very family oriented. And, and when it comes to like holidays and family gatherings, I've craved those times to like be with my family. Yeah. And, and so recently it's been hard because I feel like my family is divided in a lot of ways. Society is divided uh-huh. as far as religion goes or as far as politics, politics goes politics. and, you know, social justice and stuff like that. And so... It's, I think we do a good job when we come together to not get like caught up in all that stuff. Sure. And we just focus on connecting with each other. Yeah. And that's one thing I really love about my family is that it, it's not necessarily like we're always trying to change each other's minds. Like we just want to be with each other and love each other and yeah. make sure we're getting that time together. Sure. Um, and that's something I've always really appreciated. Um, but on the other hand, it's nice to be in an environment and it, you really feel at home in an environment when you feel like you can fully be yourself, express yourself, yeah. and you're around like-minded people, you know, that, that believe similar things. And so that's something for me that it, it's kind of this paradox where I don't want to feel like I'm responsible for the salvation of my siblings because I know I'm not. But I don't want to just be okay with how it is now. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be okay with that dynamic. Right. Because, like, I, I want them to experience the fulfillment that I've experienced in the Lord. And I think, you know, just with whatever they've gone through in their lives or, or you know, whatever process has brought them through, they just don't see the Lord the way I, I feel like I see Him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, think there's just a lot of pain associated there and so m- my big thing with family is h- how can I be you know a representation of the Lord to them without like trying to shove it down their throat you know without yeah. trying to like force them yeah. you know or convince them or, or or and they're very intellectual and very smart so there's no way I could even get into like an argument that I would win. Sure. You know? yeah. Not that I would ever recommend trying to argue God into somebody's life. But um, that's, that is often what I come to when it comes to being around family. Because I want to be conscious of how can I represent the Lord well? How can I represent myself well? Without like them feeling attacked or like whatever by my advances in that area so yeah i think family relationships are like a big area where the enemy will put like a lot of lies yeah because i think for a long time i didn't like sharing like what was going on with me yeah with like my parents or my siblings at all because i was i don't know it just felt weird like even spiritual stuff that's like great stuff that i'm sure my parents would have been like so happy to hear about it almost seemed like i didn't really want to share that with them for some reason and even like with girls and relationships and stuff that wasn't something that i ever wanted to talk to my parents about and I couldn't tell you why yeah because it wasn't until like this last breakup that I started to really talk to them about it and how I was feeling yeah and then I realized like they're only going to be on my team like they only want what's best for me so I don't know why I would ever want to keep that from them at all 
And I just think that's a little area where the enemy loves to get in because I think the Lord loves a family that loves each other and that honors each other. And I yeah. think that relationship just makes the Lord happy and proud of his children. But I think if that's so good and the Lord loves it so much, that would obviously be something that the enemy wants to get in and, and mess up a little bit. Yeah. So I think at least something for me is like trying to keep myself consistent with how I am, like in college or at camp. Um, with how I act when I get home has been huge for me in trying yeah. to like mend relationships from when I was a doofy teenager who didn't yeah. want to talk to my parents about anything. Classic. 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 Right. Yeah. Um, I remember there's this moment where I think really had a deep impact on me because, and I wasn't even there for it, but my brother, um, my brother Sully was talking to my dad about my brother Jordan, who Jordan, I mean, Jordan's been through a lot and he's had a, I mean, he's just had kind of a, a painful life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gone through a lot and there was a long time where he was just kind of in a dark place. And my brother Sully was asking my dad, like, dad, how come, how come you never like preach at your children when they're in your house and, and you're, you're never, it, it doesn't feel like you are ever necessarily trying to like show them God. Mm-hmm. And my dad's response was incredible. Cause he just said, Sully, when I, when I'm with Jordan or when, when I'm with any of your siblings, I just want to be with them. Like you don't even know how much, cause Jordan would never want to come be with the family or be in family gatherings and stuff. And my dad was just like, you'll never know how much joy it brings me just for him to show up and be there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to sit there and, and pretend I'm okay with, like, his life decisions and I think it's all been good or whatever. Yeah. But you got to understand, like, the depth that comes with him just showing up brings me so much fulfillment right. and so much love. And so my only goal for my children when they're in my house is just to make them feel as loved as possible. Yeah. And I remember when I heard that for the first time, I was like weeping, like, oh my gosh, what an amazing representation of God the Father, like just wrapping you in his embrace and just loving you for who you are and calling you even to a higher standard. But but I feel like never in this way that's just going to make you feel embarrassed or ashamed, but you just feel empowered and strengthened to be who he created you to be. Yeah. And that's something I think my parents have done really well that I'm really thankful for. Yeah, so I think another thing I would want to touch on, which this isn't in the Bible, I still think it's true, so take it with a grain of salt, but um, you're not supposed to be your parents. And I think, at least for myself, I felt a lot of pressure because my dad, who was so, so great, was like really involved in our church and he's you know charismatic, talks to a lot of people, just has like a lot of friends, a great guy. Uh, love you, Pop. But I think for a long time, I didn't feel like I was ever Micah Mosley. It was always like, oh, you're Todd Mosley's son. Yeah. And I think I got caught up in a lot of comparison because comparison is a huge part of my testimony. And it wasn't until like last year with my mentor when I started to realize that like the root of that comparison was with my dad. Mm-hmm. I think I felt like a lot of my life I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Yeah. So I think, man, your parents' lifestyles, good or bad, does not depict how you end up. Yeah. And I think even something I would say is if you're listening to this and you're like, man, it sounds like Jonah and Micah have great parents, I think we both do and we would say yeah. that. But if your parents aren't great, I would encourage you to take a look 
I'm going to step back and say, like, has my relationship with my parents impacted how I think about my relationship with the Father, um, the Heavenly Father with God, yeah. just to clarify. And I think that's something that uh, can hold a lot of deep wounds is when our people, like our parents that are supposed to love us and support us, we don't feel that from them and we don't get that from them. Um, we can sometimes take that on the Lord and think that that's his character, when in all reality it's not. But just because we want to keep scripture at the center Absolutely. of all that we do. We always want to be bringing bring it, it back. back. Yeah, I'm sure you got this one, which it would be a crime to do this podcast and not mention <laughs> Ephesians 6, 1. Such a fun one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is good. Honor your father and mother. Man, that's something that my mom and dad used to love to throw around. Actually, just the other day in the group text, my mom told us all and told directions. She was like, go fill up with gas. And I was like, why? My dad sent that verse, and he was like, just wanted to bring it back. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all point. right. I think it's another verse we hear all the time. We don't really think about it. So what do you think it looks like to honor your father and mother? Well, and I, I think it's important to note, too, that it's one of the Ten Commandments. Right. You know, and it's in Exodus first, honor your father and mother. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, and, and again, I one of my scriptures that I want to bring it back to as well is Colossians 3.20, which is, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think part of honoring your parents is, is obedience, for sure. That's yeah. a big part of it for me. And I think even as an adult, I think your relationship with your parents becomes less about obedience and more about um, just kind of, I want to say like, giving them room in your life to have influence because when you're a child, it's like, that's what they're there for. But then when you're an adult and you get to decide who has influence in your life, Mm -hmm. allowing them that space for me, that has been a big part of honoring my father and my mother is spending time with them, letting them know what I'm going through, the things that I'm experiencing, and then giving them space to continue to pour into me, to continue to give me advice and wisdom and, even some of my most precious and healing moments have been in my adulthood when I'm not living with my parents, but when I go to them with, with a wound or some pain or, or something I'm going through, and I allow them space to come in and speak into that, and it, it's so much, it's almost like it's so much more profound than if a friend said the exact same thing yeah. because it's your mom saying it. You know, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so... I remember, I'll make this story really short, but I remember there was this moment where the Lord revealed this wound in me that was like a product of, of being the youngest in my family had always kind of made me feel like I was the least in my family. Mm-hmm. And I remember sharing that with my mom and then she just whipped out like Joseph and David, two of my favorite like Bible characters who... Characters that we love to speak <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> who were the youngest, or at least Joseph was for a while. He was the favorite, which, let's face it, I'm the favorite in my family, too. But then, like, David was the youngest, and he was overshadowed, but then he was anointed by the Lord to be king. And that, she just whipped out that scripture and encouraged me with that. And I was sitting there in her kitchen just crying to myself, like, like I've heard that story a billion times, but because it's from my mom and because it's within the context of like this pain that I've experienced in my life, yeah. it just brought so much healing that was absolutely incredible yeah. for me. Yeah, 
I think something that is that in both those verses you just said, it doesn't say like honor your father and mother until you graduate high school. Right, right. Like there's no age limit on that. Yeah. And I think something we also forget is that your parents like sometimes we think it's hard for them to relate to what I'm going through. Yeah. And in ways like the way I'm growing up is a lot different than my parents, but like man, they were kids too. Like they were in college once and yeah. they probably got broken up with at some point. Um I don't know if my dad's there. I feel like he's kind of a dog. <laughs> but, um, like, they've gone through these things. And I think we almost, at least I, almost discount sometimes, like, the experience that my parents have. I'm like, oh, they don't get it. Yeah. They don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. I think that's definitely valid. Um, but, yeah, I think just with with honoring your father and your mother, obeying your father and your mother, I think, I mean, if your parents don't have a relationship with the Lord and if you're not living in their house and if you know like you can still honor your parents if they are not necessarily on the same page spiritually as you and I think that's something to note as well just knowing um, like honor doesn't necessarily mean that you're modeling your life after them no I think honor has a lot to do with respect and it has to do with it, it, even again, like obedience, I think setting up an appropriate boundary with your parents in your life as an adult to give them space again, I think that in itself just shows honor. And if you feel like they're a horrible influence on you, I think there's still a, 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 an appropriate boundary to still give them space in your life without it being destructive or hurtful to sure. you, you know, while still taking care of yourself and, and your own heart. Right. But it, I think bottom line with that situation is it's it, that's between you and the Lord, and I think it's something you got to figure out with him. I don't think there's just a one-size-fits-all no. for like, well, what if my parents did this or are going through this yeah. or have had this influence? I'm like, well, we can't address everything. Oh, yeah, there's too many. And so it's just take that to the Lord, and I guarantee he has he has an answer for you that will involve honoring your father and your mother, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I think Romans, I don't think, I know Romans 12.10 says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. I don't know. I just think a lot of these verses are a lot easier when it's not your family. I think we almost think sometimes like, oh, it's not, it's my family. It's like, I don't have to do all this right. stuff. But some of the stuff like we talked about in the Bible, there's a lot of verses that we just hear so much that we almost just discount because it seems too simple. Yeah. But like, man, this stuff all applies to your family as well. I think we think about Verses like that and showing honor, like to unbelievers, like no man, like that applies to your family as well. And I think a verse that I love to use, I think we've talked about before on here, is Philippians one twenty seven, where it says, "Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ." Mm. I love that verse because it just speaks to like consistency, no matter what season you're in. Yeah. So I think if you're not living your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, at least I think I've seen like home is almost a safe place where I can turn off like the Micah who's a leader, like the missions leader, the famous coordinator, like yeah. turn off all that mindset a little bit. And I think just sometimes I look at it as an excuse because, oh, I'm at home, so I don't have to do all those things again. Yeah. When like this verse right here says, whatever happens, like keep it consistent. So I think yeah. consistency is big there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard it said before that the way God kind of reveals himself to us in the Trinity is a representation of like how he created family and and so our families are actually an image of who God is. Um, and I think that's a really cool picture. I mean, the way I've heard it before is 
is that God the Father obviously represents the Father, and then the Holy Spirit represents like a motherly figure, the comforter, the healer, the, you know, the one who's sure. who's there to guide. Um, and then Jesus obviously is the Son. And I think it's it's easy to say, well, that's God, you know, right. so it doesn't apply or whatever. But I think it's really cool when you can kind of look at your family and and you know adjust your perspective to reflect how how Jesus was interacting with the father how the holy spirit is interacting with the disciples and and how people were were drawn to Jesus and how he always pointed to the father um and and I think that's just it's just an easy way to look at it and be like god created family so that we could have a better understanding of who he is. Um, like it's, it's no mistake that like a man and a woman come together and then they produce offspring. And like, I, I feel like it would just be kind of idiotic to look at that process and not think that God was really intentional with that. And that it actually reveals something about his nature and his character that we can look at and say, okay, that's like, there's something there that's reflecting God. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think, I think something that frustrates me, uh, when I look back on myself again, I don't have a problem convicting anybody who's listening because I don't mind being the person that makes you uncomfortable. That's fine. Be mad at me. For sure. But I think I hear people say, I thought I love my family more than anything. And then I see them interact with their family and they just treat them like garbage. Yeah. Like, well, you don't love them because your actions don't say that. Yeah. You know, Romans says, let your love be genuine. And I think, again, I love First Corinthians 13. But I just want to read a few verses from here, from the middle, from 4 through 7. And just point out a few here that I think are especially important with your family. So, love is patient. No doubt. One that's hard with your family. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Self-seeking one is tough. No doubt. Um, it is not easily angered. Goodness, I don't know what it is, but sometimes when I'm around my family, it is so much easier for me to get mad than it is when I'm around my friends. <laughs> It keeps no record of wrongs. I don't care what your sibling said to you five years ago. That is not an excuse for you to be a jerk to them now. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. If you really love your family more than you love anybody else, treat them like it. Yeah. Quit treating them so terrible. Yeah, and even in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, I mean, Jesus straight up says... This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And and even in uh, where is it? Somewhere else in the Bible. Ephesians 5:25 Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I mean time and time again Jesus doesn't just say, "Hey, love this person." He's saying, "Love them the way I have loved." And that is just a slightly more powerful picture, slightly. Um because greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their life for each other. And that's something that, like you said, you can easily say, oh, I love my family so much. Yeah. All right, how, like, how willing are you to love them the way Jesus loves them? Yeah. And that's even something in my family that has really helped me love my family even more is asking Jesus, Lord, like, show me how much you love mm. my family. Yeah. Show me how much you love my sisters and my brothers and my parents because then you can't help but just get a little taste 
of how he feels about them. And when you feel that, it's so hard to be frustrated at them. Yeah. It's so hard to be disappointed in them. And it's, it's so much easier to go into that situation with God's perspective and with his heart for your own siblings. And, I mean, Scripture says that there's no greater way to love somebody than that way, to yeah. love them the way Jesus loved them, to see them the way Jesus sees them. Yeah, I had a mentor in high school that used to call me on my crap all the time. <laughs> and, like, me and Kylie were in youth group together. And we used to, like, butt heads, yeah. like, bad. <laughs> but and one day he pulled me... He pulled me aside. He was like, I want you to pray that you would see Kylie the way he sees her. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And I did. And I think that was the start, the start of the process and healing in that. And yeah. again, like I look at Kylie and Kenzie now and they're two of my best friends. Yeah. I love you too, Kenzie. I know you know. <laughs> I love you just as much. But I think that prayer can be really powerful, especially with you. That yeah. would be so fantastic. Yeah. And I also want to say something we say at Shepherd's Fold a lot is time spent equals relationship built. Sure. And um, I think the more, obviously the more time you spend with your family, the more you're gonna be building that relationship. And so my question to you is, if you really wanna see healing in those relationships, are you putting in the time that it takes to bring healing into that relationship? Because yeah. if you're like, oh, I wanna see healing, but you're never reaching out, you're never hanging out, you're never spending time with, those family members, then I wouldn't expect to really see any healing in that relationship yeah, because yeah. you have to spend time with them. And it's easy, again, to look back on all the, you know, if your siblings, like you've seen each other at your worst and you've probably been at each other's throats before. But again, coming to that place of, of seeing them the way God sees them, loving them the way he loves them and spending the time with them, like if you really say that you want healing in your family, then you are going to need to be a part of that. It's not just something that you pray and God is like, don't worry, I got this one. Sure. He's like, no, get, get, get in there. Get in there and, and put in the work and I'll be there with you and I'll be restoring and healing that relationship with you. But if you're not a part of it, then there's no relationship to restore. So, yeah. So when you go home, don't go straight to your room and lock yourself in there all day and <laughs> scroll through TikTok. First of all, delete TikTok because that is garbage <laughs> you're putting in your brain. I cannot stress that enough. But don't lock yourself in your room. Go be involved with your family. Be with them. And if you want to show them all this growth that, you, that you've experienced in college or whatever it is, as you've been away, if you're out of college and you go back home, you want to show them all this growth, then act the same way you did before you went back home. Keep it consistent and talk to them. Yeah. I don't know why. I used to go home and just lock myself, and not like lock myself, I would just go to my room and sit there for hours on end. Yeah. Instead of like go downstairs and hang out with my family. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I, I'm, I'm speaking this over myself, but I also wanna tell it to y'all, but just feel free to be yourself and, and be confident in your identity and who the Lord says you are and the great thing about your identity in Christ is that even if anyone attacks it, like you're not going to fall because you're rooted in Christ. You have a solid foundation. Um, I think most people get offended when somebody attacks them because they're not secure in that area yeah. that they're being attacked in. So of course you'd get offended because you feel the need to defend it. But if you're actually secure in your relationship with the Lord, then you don't feel the need to defend that because God is your defender. So you just get to sit in your identity in Christ. And even if your sibling says you're an idiot for believing in God, I mean, isn't what God says 
about you more important than what your sibling says about you? Mm-hmm. And then you get you, what you get to do is you get to say, God, that kind of hurt me a little bit, but I still want to see that person the way that you see. I still want to see my brother the way you see them. Yeah. And I guarantee he's going to give you the grace to empower you to love them the way that he loves them. I mean, you, you just can't help if you ask that question to see them in a different way. And all that frustration just goes out the window. Yeah. So I think even if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, man, I don't even have a relationship with my parents and my siblings. Like that is too broken to ever be mended. Mm-hmm. Let me say that thought process, that is sin because you're putting parameters on the Lord and you're saying that he's not big enough to fix your situation. Yeah. So I'd encourage you to humble yourself a little bit there and realize that when you say this relationship is beyond fixing at all, yeah. you are putting parameters on the Father and yeah. that's not okay. You can't do that. You can't discount. Yeah. I know like family stuff can be tough. I've seen like my extended family. I've seen that messed up because of decisions that like my people, I don't want to say exactly. (laughs) I got to be careful. I've seen like how families can be torn apart because of decisions that are made and that stuff, like the Lord can bring healing to all of that. So please don't discount that. Yeah. And it all starts with just a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think authenticity and vulnerability are your best friends as you go back home and try to fix family issues. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. We love you guys a whole, whole lot. Thank you so much for listening. For sure. It really does mean a lot. Like when people tell me that they listen to the podcast, that is genuinely as happy as I can get. So thank you for listening. Let us know if you listen, because I would love to say thank you for listening. Yes. I like, I want to look you in your eyes and say, Hey, thank you. Cause that means a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we love you guys. We'll see you next week.